The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Many a person proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy person? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. Proverbs 27:17 Iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27:6 The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. Proverbs 18:24 One with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. John 15, 13. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Let's pray. Father, when you save us, we are brought into a new family, one that pursues you together. Teach us to be unified as your church. Thank you for the the fellowship that provides encouragement, correction, counsel, and consolation. May we be a good friend because we know you as a friend. Thank you for our brother Jonas, for his zeal and diligent preparation. Please gift him with insight for a piercing and formative word. Make our ears attentive and our hearts receptive, that we will not be left as we are, but continually transformed into a new creation by your love. Amen. Am I centered? Uh, okay. That's good. All right, they forgot about your boy, man. It's all good. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You know, I realize when you work, when you come for to work at a church plant, you can cancel your gym membership. We got a good workout plan here. We got lifting weights. We got glute day, chest day. We move a lot of stuff. So, uh, how's everybody doing? I, I, I see we lost a lot of our college students here. So, this lovely pe- how you guys doing? Nice to meet you guys. Um, so, so today I'm talking on the uh, the subject I've been given is on. Uh, I'll just give you my title. It's How to Have Godly Friendships. Okay, and what a practical way. Um, for those of you guys, if this, how many of you guys this is your first time hearing me preach? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, my name, by the way, my name is Jonas. I'm on staff here. I'm over the youth and young adults slash deacon. Shout out to my youth. I love you guys. I got to shout them out every time. Wow, we don't love youth in here? Okay, amen. And so... I'm going to give you guys a quick little thing that we can do practically about developing friendship because we are a church that believes in intergenerational relationships where all age groups can come together and, and grow in Christ together. So this is what I want you guys to do. No pressure, okay? This is very naked here. If you can get up and sit next to someone you did not come with, can I challenge you out to do that? You don't have to, but since we're going to talk about having godly friendships, I thought, I, you know, this is where I come from. This is what, what I do. 
at my other church. I'm very like, we like to interact with one another. No pressure. Some of you guys are very afraid looking at me. It's okay. I love you. Don't move. But since we are talking about godly relationships, I'm pretty sure there's people who, who have come in here. Let me just give this out to you. This is not a guilt trip. And so I pray that the Lord may remove that from you guys. But there's people I'm pretty sure who have come here who are looking for a community that does not know anyone. You could be the person that God can use to transform their lives and community. Amen. So if you feel called to that, move in the middle. Let's get, I'll give you like 30 seconds. I know it's different. Stay if you want to stay. Move in the middle so I can see your lovely faces. Amen. Love y'all. There you go. Sit next to someone you do not know. Introduce yourself. Say what's up. Okay. Don't worry about it. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Praise God. There we go. Let the Lord do his thing. Amen. I appreciate that. There we go. Amen. Amen. See, that, that's, that, that's the sound of transformation. Everybody's getting to know each other. I love that. Praise God for that. Amen. 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 All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, guys. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. Hopefully, you didn't do that for my own ego. But hopefully, again, the way that the church is going to become real is how many of you guys know following Jesus is not easy? It's going to... It's going to cost you something. It's going to be risky. It's going to be hard. It's going to tell you to do different things. But I cannot tell you. I remember when I was in high school, there's a movie I call, that we watched called To Save a Life. And there was a, a student who came. His last resort was to come to church because he was going to commit suicide. He said, let me try church. He walked in that mug and nobody said nothing to him. And then he ended up killing himself. So there's people who come here. You don't know what people are dealing with. A, a hello, how you doing? Because I know, you know how we, we, some of us, we just like to be, you know, nice. How you doing? Good. And we hope that they don't really be like, let me just tell you about my day. We just hope that they be like, I'm right. We don't really want to have, don't unpack that on me. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Don't tell me which, how you're doing, right? And so, yeah, I'm, I appreciate you guys. This, this is what the church looks like. If, matter of fact, if you guys won't do it inside if you call Grace City home, if you're visiting, welcome. But if this is your home church, a body of believers that God has put, and you're not willing to connect people, family, I'm pretty sure you're not doing that at your jobs. You're not doing it anywhere else, right? So anyways, okay. All right, so today, again, I'm talking about having godly friendships. And so God is so funny. I think, you know what? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I think God wanted to do that, honestly. That was intentional. So I'm going to give glory to God. I take no credit for that. Um, so we're in a series that we have been looking and walking through the book of Proverbs, okay? This is week 11, and we've been studying this book. And so in the book of Proverbs, we've been trying to glean what the Bible has to say about wisdom, Okay, and the world has a lot to say about wisdom. The world tells you if you go to the right school, see some of y'all are very educated. You're all into UC San Diego and all those San Diego State. Praise the Lord. I went to Mesa College. I'm not ashamed of that. And then I eventually went to seminary. God had a plan for my life. But uh, so there's so much wisdom that the world claims to have. But the wisdom that the world offers is not wisdom from above. It's not godly wisdom. How do I know that? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the... 
Amen. Okay. Uh, just in, if you're new again, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Jonas. I love to hear people respond, okay? And talk. You guys are, when I'm up here, it's okay to say amen. It's okay to clap. It's okay to say something, okay? If the Lord, don't, don't, uh, uh, don't make, don't fake it. If it's real, amen. If not, don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so in other words, so let me say this. Um, if you don't know Jesus, you will not know what wisdom is. Why? Because Jesus possesses, uh, possesses wisdom, okay? Not only does Jesus possess wisdom, he is the actual embodiment of what true wisdom is. Amen. I don't know if y'all believe that. Jesus is the embodiment of true wisdom, right? Wisdom is not found in a book, right? You can learn about how to be smart, right? Or wisdom for dummies. I don't know if they have that, but... You can look for all these books. You can go to all the Ivy League schools, the institutions. You can go to all the libraries. You can look at all the art and museum, which is a beautiful part of God's creation. But your wisdom is not found in those places or things. It is found only in the person of Jesus Christ. Help me today, Lord. I'm by myself in this church. Amen. Right? Uh, wisdom is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ, nowhere else. Okay? How do I know that? The Apostle P. That's just my way of saying the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, that's what I call him. He says this in 1 Corinthians 1.30. He says, God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him, that's Jesus, to be wisdom itself. Christ made us uh, right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he has freed us from sin. So according to the Bible, Jesus is wisdom. If you don't have Jesus, meaning if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for the salvation of your souls, right? You can never be wise. You may be smart, but you won't be wise. There's a, there's a difference. And one commentator says this about wisdom. He says, to have true knowledge is to perceive the right nature of a thing. Proverbs teaches us that all true wisdom and knowledge is rooted. Somebody say rooted. rooted. In God and his words. Okay, not only is found in Jesus, but it's found in this thing right here. Y'all know what this is? See, for some people, this is the word of God. It's the Bible. This might be a cuss word for the world out there. They don't want, you still listen to that, that old, archaic, that, you know, that unloving book. This is the word of God, family. If Randall or myself or any preacher ever comes here and looks cute and never opens up the word of God, please run from this place as far as you can. Amen? We're not trying to be philosophers. We're not trying to sh share the latest knowledge that we have or the books that we read. We are called to proclaim God's word. Paul said that it is the job of a steward to be found faithful. We are to proclaim and preach God's word alone. So wisdom is found in Jesus and is found in his word. So some of us, we're not reading God's word. So we don't know how to be wise. The Bible says, be careful. Don't be wise in your own eyes. If you don't know Jesus and you don't read, know his word I would doubt that you don't. Can I be bold enough to say that you are wise? Not because of what I'm saying, because of what the text says. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. Right. It, the Bible urges us, the word of God, to cultivate a fear of God, a holy fear, to take God seriously through a relationship with him. In other words, wisdom is when we, we get wisdom, when we begin to outgrow our misconceptions about life and how life should work. And we learn how God actually built life to work and work well. God has a manuscript. God has a way for us as believers that he wants us to live out our lives according to his word. Right? Can I confess? There's, not time, there's so many times where I don't live outside of God's word, right? 
We don't, don't leave me by myself, amen? Or maybe just me. Y'all, y'all righteous, praise the Lord. I, I'm still being worked on. Sanctification is a process for me, so I'm not perfect. Um, and so there is a way that God, the Bible says God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. So there's a way that God wants us to live. There's a way that he built it out to work. And when we are out of alignment for what God has ordained and wants for our life, then we will begin to see a lot of things break down in our lives. Amen. And so this takes us beyond rule keeping. God's wisdom enters our hearts to the person of Jesus Christ so that as we grow, we know intuitively what to do and what not to do, what will work and won't work, won't work. Wisdom is skillful living when there is no hard or fast rule to go by. Right. God does not give us all the answers in the scriptures, but he does give us principles. Right. Do I buy a Tesla? Do I buy a Honda Accord? How much do you make, first of all? Let's just do the math. Let's just be practical. Amen? But like, does that make sense? They're, they're, those simple things, should I buy this? Should I buy that? God's word gives us practical wisdoms on how to spend our finances, how to have our free time. I know some of you guys like, don't touch my money. Even though we get saved, the last thing for a lot of us to get saved is our wallet. We don't want God to touch that. Amen? We say, God, I'll do everything else. Just don't touch this. Because for some of us, our wallet is our idol. And so the book of Proverbs is a book um, that's about wisdom, but also gospel wisdom for complicated lives. In a major area that if you're, we've been reading this, um, going through this book for almost 11 weeks, that's a long time, has a lot to say about friendships. Right? It has a lot to say about the people around you. How many of you guys would say that you have, by raise a hand, have at least three to four godly brothers and sisters or friendships in your life? Like for real. Okay, cool. So within those friendships, do you have people where you guys confess sin to each other, where you guys encourage each other in the faith, where you guys talk about the Bible? So we're going to talk about what does the Bible have to say about friendship? It actually has to say a lot. This is just a few verses, right? The Bible has to say a lot about our friends. Why? The Bible tells us that bad comp company corrupts good character or morals, depending on your translation, right? We also have, you know, things that we say, show me your friends, I'll show you your, your end, right? Be careful with the company you keep. Your friends can either influence you or you can influence them. So God has a lot to say. God wants to be a part of our relationships. So, so much is at stake in our friendship. God has wisdom for us today about the nuances of real friendships. But it all begins first with having a relationship with God. If you don't get that right, everything else is going to fall down. So, family, don't take this lightly, what I'm saying. And so hopefully that when you have your friends, okay, I'm talking about is having your relationships, your friendships centered on Jesus Christ. Because some of us know you're going to have friends that's going to hurt you. They're going to say mean things about you. But when you have Jesus at the foundation, you guys both will recognize that you're all, we're all sinful people. We all have our own problems, we all have messed up, but then we all look to the cross and we're able to forgive one another because we know that we have been forgiven. No other friendships are going to do that. Only Christ can do that in the lives of his people. Amen? And so that's, that's the reality, right? True friends are hard to find. They stick close to you, right? I don't know if you ever watched Boy Meets World, that, that Sean and Corey type of friendship, amen? That Patrick and SpongeBob type of friendship, those are godly friendships, Amen? Rugrats, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you have a little uh, Tommy and Chucky. Does they look to get into mischief? Like those friendships, those are things that God wants us to have for our life. God created each and every one of you and all of us for relationship. In Genesis, God told Adam, he, when he made everything, 
He said, this is good, right? He made man. He said, it's very good. And eventually he tells Adam, it is not good for man to be alone, right? That's not only in the context of marriage, but companionship and friendship. All of us want to be known. All of us want to have friends, right? We want to have a relationship and God has placed that inside of us. And that's not a bad thing to want. It's not a bad thing to say, I want friends. I want to be in a relationship because God made you that way. I'm sorry if someone ever told you that's wrong. It's not wrong but it needs to be centered on Christ. The friendship should not be your identity. They're never going to satisfy you. I'm sorry. But Jesus, I promise you, he will. He will satisfy you. Amen. All right, so I got a few points. Let's just go through our text today. So point number one, if you're taking notes, is this. If you want to cultivate and maintain godly friendships, your friendships need to be centered on Christ. I'm very intentional about repeating that because I feel like we can forget about Jesus and all of this. So how do we make godly friendships? The first thing is to recognize that God needs to be the center of your friendship. Where do you think friendship originated from? Or where do you think love originated from? Before everything was created, we have a triune God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three persons, right? One in essence, they're one, but they had this love relationship with one another. The Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, but they all love one another deeply. They all care about each other. This is perfect relationship between the Godhead, but also there's a friendship. And so friendship ultimately starts from above. It, it didn't exist here on earth. right? It, it came from heaven to earth, and through us, through the gospel, we released that into the world, what true friendship would look like. And hopefully today, we can get a redemptive view of what godly friendships look like, because it all begins with God. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? He said this in John 15, 15. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Family, what a privilege that is that God, the Son, calls us his friends. Thank you. One person got touched. Amen. <laughs> like, do y'all really understand that? Right? Some of y'all, if you, you know what I'm saying, I don't know if, if, who, who rocks your boat, whatever your favorite, you know, a lot of us have celebrities that we like, you know. If I said, you know, Michael Jordan was your friend, you get all the J's. If I say, Yee, Kanye is your friend, Beyonce. I don't know who you like, whatever band group you like, or this leader, this business person, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, all the money, oh, that's my friend. Some of y'all be more excited, but family, Jesus Christ, the creator, the one who speaks to things that are not, and they come into existence, he calls us sinful people his friends? When we did not want nothing to do with him, he wants to have a relationship with him. Family, that's something not to take lightly. That cost him a lot, right? We say salvation is free, yes, to us, but it costs God the Son everything, amen? So that is a joy that we should celebrate, that God would call us friends. Even the prophets before, he called them his servants, his prophets. Moses, he said, this is one God spoke face to face. I'm very jealous of that relationship, God, if you hear me, talk to me like that. Uh, I know he's given us his word. We believe in that. But like he talked to him as a friend one on one. And now through the death of Jesus Christ, we have that relationship for everybody's willing to have access to that. There's no elite group of people. This person who had been to Bible college, this person is perfect. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus can have this godly relationship. The Bible encourage us that we can get close to God. God is befriending us. God is including us. Draw. God is drawing us in. Friendship began right with God in heaven. And he's, he's calling us to be intimate with him. Let's be friends and let's want more friends together. God wants us. He, he's invited us, invited us to be part of his team, 
to be his representatives, right? As if God has a, a, a sports team, right? Some of us, we want to have our name on the back. No, we wear the kingdom on our back, and we go out, we rep- represent the king. Some of y'all need to change y'all jerseys because y'all got y'all last names on it. You think it's about you. No, it's about Jesus. It will always be about Jesus. I don't care how cute you are or what they told you. You got all participation awards and mommy said you're the cutest. That's cute. We love you. But Jesus' name, after all things pass away, only his name will stand. His name will be, oh my God, amen. His name will be lifted up. He will be glorified. It is only Jesus Christ alone. If you don't believe that, I'm sorry. That's, that's the truth. And so next, we need to understand what makes a good friend. Tony Evans says this, a friend is someone who comes in when the world walks out. That's a real friend. So let's go to a few of our texts today. So Proverbs 26 says, many a person proclaims his way, his own loyalty rather, but one, but who can find a trustworthy person? Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all time and a brother is born for a difficult time. I love that. A faithful friend is rare to find. Someone who knows. You know how you got a good friend? Let somebody pull up to your house unannounced, house a mess, dishes all in the kitchen. You can tell who's really your friend. How do I know? If they're not your friend, you'd be like, hey, how you doing? You're like, oh, I, you know, if you open a door, like, I, you know, Randall and Laura are so gracious, I just come up to the house all the time now. And they'd be like, oh, that's just you, yo. Oh, come on in. You know what I'm saying? That's a real friend. When you allow them, because you know they won't judge you for your mess. If your house is dirty, real friends will actually be like, oh, I got you, bro. Let me help you pick it up. You need help. Like, real friends will come and they won't condemn you. Doesn't mean they won't call you out on your, on your mess, but they will walk alongside you. They'll help you pick up the pieces and they'll speak God's word in your life. Okay, and again, it's centered on Jesus Christ. A friend loves at all time, no matter what you go through. Like, that's not going to judge you, right? And I know we always say don't judge. Just, if you don't struggle with something, you can call somebody out. I know some of us may take that and be like, oh, my God, this church hurt. No, it's accountability. I just got to say that. I feel like so many people, church hurt is a real thing. I don't want to speak out against it. It is a real thing. But there are some people, because godly leaders have spoken to people's lives, and because they love them, right? We have elders and leaders, and they want to protect the flock. That's the job of the elders, because they call them out for a certain sin or something, we want to accuse our leaders and say, oh, they don't love me. They hate me. It's church hurt. No, not all the time. Sometimes it's because they love you and you just want to stay in your sin. Maybe that's for somebody. I don't know. But a faithful friend loves. And I love this. A brother is born for a difficult time. You know the difference between a brother who's your friend and a, a friend who's your friend? A brother is born into your family. They have no choice. A friend actually, you know what they do? They actually choose you. Like, you want to hang out with me? Yeah, they, they have a choice. A brother does it. You may not have good relationships with your siblings. Um, hopefully you do. If not, um, try to reconcile that. If you can't, you know, you have the body of Christ with you, brothers and sisters. You have more here, and that's okay. But friends actually choose you. They want, based on certain commonalities, things you guys do together, friends actually choose you and want to be with you. When someone loves you at all times, good and bad, they don't have to but they choose you. That person is a friend. A true friend is rock solid. So can I ask you, how many of you guys have that? Do you have people like that in your life? Right? Do you have? I, ho- I hope, right? It's hard. Some of us, we don't have a lot of friends. We, because of social media, <laughs> you're like, man, you're saying, I love you, Kai. Kai. Kai's hype right now. He has a thousand followers on TikTok. <laughs> I, I, a thousand of those people, I, I promise you, I love you. They don't know you. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't know who you are, right? 
Your father knows you. Some of the people in the church, they know you. And so a lot of us, we have acquaintances. We know people. But do you know, with the rise of more connectedness, people are more lonely and isolated than ever. Right? And with the pandemic, a lot of us still ain't recovered from that. And so a lot of us, we're broken. We're looking for relationships. And again, it needs to be centered on Jesus. If you look to people and, you know, hanging out and getting boba and doing stuff, that's great. Do that. Uh, but those things and those activities will never satisfy you until you meet the person who can do that. And that's Jesus Christ. He's the only one. From then on, we build from that. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, again, when you have a true friend, you need to prize that per person. The gospel creates these rare kind of people. It transforms us. The Bible says that these people of God keep their promises even when it hurts. Psalms 15, uh, 4, and show themselves to be entirely trustworthy. Titus 2.10. When God gives you a friend like that, test it in truth. Cherish that friend. These are the friends you need the most when you're going through something, right? You black out at the club, like, girl, I need you to come pull up. They're going to pull up, right? They're going to be like, I told you he ain't good for you. But they're they going to they gonna give you a little bit. They're still going to love you. They're not going to leave your side. They're going to help you, but they're going to uh, uh, redirect you back to the things of God. Come back. You've fallen away. They're going to love you back. The Bible said love covers a multitude of friends, uh, uh, sins. I cannot tell you. How uh, certain friends that I have in my life, being in ministry, I don't know if you're a youth uh, leader or any kind of thing, being in ministry is lonely, especially when you're a leader. You feel like a lot of pastors, you know, pray for our pastor Randall and our other pastor leader. Ministry is lonely. When you're over leadership or other people, it's hard to find people to pour into because people look up to you, right? And so it's been lonely. I had friends that sometimes I would call my boy and be like, bro, I'm done with Jesus. I throw in the white flag. I'm done. I, I quit. He'd be like, bro, be quiet. You're not done. And he'll pray over me. And he'll like, okay, you okay now? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And so, like, you need those people who, one, they let you be the real version of yourself where you can express how you feel, and they're going to love you. And then they'll redirect some of those things because a lot of us have what we drive, we call blind spots. There's some of us thinking that we're good. We have no problems. The Hebrew says, do not be deceived by the deceitfulness of sins. This is why you need godly friends in your life because you cannot live this life by yourself. Amen. Some of y'all want to be by. I don't need nobody. You know, millennials and young people be like, oh, no new friends. Girl, I'm good. This is just me by myself. I'm good. That is from the devil. You need people in your life. You need godly people in your life. Right. Because you need people when you don't show up to church, they're going to call you. I challenge you. If you know someone who is not a part of the university or if they're not away on vacation, or whatever, call them. I had to see you today at church. Where were you thinking about you, praying about you? Hope you're doing well. Let's catch up. I know it's a little scary, but that's the type of church I know that we're praying for. That's the church that we want to be, and hopefully we're embodying those things. People need you, right? I need y'all. I don't care if I'm preaching. I'm prone to sin. I'm, I'm messed up myself. I'm not perfect by any means. If I'm not showing up to church, I don't know about you, how my family come from. I need you to get the oil and lay hands on me and pray over me. That's my I'm sorry. That's my back. I just need you to be like, bro, you acting up. I need godly people in my life like that to check up on me. And so do you guys. We all need people like that in our life. That's what a faithful friend will do. They will always stick by your side no matter what. Amen? All right. Don't make me be like alone. I got friends in here. Y'all with me? Okay. Right. Um, that's it. No Lone Ranger Christian. God's plan for us is to grow in the context of community. We need one another. How can you fulfill the, the commands of God of the one, love one another, serve one another, if you're not together with other people. Does that make sense? 
It's impossible. We need to be together. That's what God wants us to do. And the beautiful thing is, doesn't Jesus fit all these things? Isn't he the perfect one that's not going to leave us? Doesn't Jesus love us with absoluteness? Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that. Jesus loved. You know how many times I walked out on Jesus? It's a miracle that I'm still on stage preaching. As a matter of fact, that I'm breathing and I'm alive. Oh, man, y'all missed your testimony time. See, some of y'all should have blacked out. I don't know your past. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't know. Some of y'all should have caught something. You should not have made it home safely. You should not be here today. But by the grace of God, you are here today right now. Don't ever forget that. We, we think we, God owes us something. No, by the grace of God, you're here. And God, we've walked out on him, the Bible tells us. But God is faithful to us. He has never left us, ever. And so praise God for his faithfulness. I'm so thankful for that. And we don't deserve it. Right? We're like Peter. Peter told Jesus, Jesus, I'm never leaving you. Right? We ride together. We die together. Bad boys, I got you. You go to the cross. I'm dying with you. That's a bad boy movie reference, just in case you didn't know. Um, what happened? On Jesus, Jesus needed him the most. What happened? He, walked, he wasn't there. He wasn't there for him. So Jesus understands you have people, friends that turn their back on you. I ain't going to level. I'm there for you. Childhood friends that you grew up together, you thought would never ever separate and then now you're like man i'm in my 30s and man i got my friends are gone jesus has never left he's always been there right by your side and so god understand what that's like okay i gotta move point number two so this is good friendship point number two is this godly friends will hold you accountable yeah this is good stuff right here godly friends will hold you accountable how do i know proverbs 27 17 this is all the stuff that girls like to put on their social media page with their little cup right there and they post a little selfie they think it's, it's cute and pretty, right? It sounds good. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. Uh, Proverbs 27, 6, the wounds of a friend are trustworthy. Amen. You, you see that? Some of y'all mad because your friend is in your face loving on you, and you just rejecting it. The Bible calls that faithful, trustworthy. That's a good friend. But the kisses of the enemy are excessive. This is part of a true friend, not only accepting us constantly, but also blunt honesty. Right? Remember when David killed a uh, 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 old boy, Uriah? The prophet Nathan came to him, right? Told him this long story about taking this man's goat. He said, that man should be killed. And then Nathan says, you're that man? We, we, we need men and women in our lives, people who are going to, in love, in grace and truth, as the Bible says, that will speak to us directly. We need to hear those things. Sis, if you keep going this way, it will destroy your life. You need to repent. If you can't say amen, say ouch. I know we don't talk like that in 2023. We don't, we don't want that. Like, don't just, just love me. Let me live my life. No. I, 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 you know what? The, I'm going to be like Paul. The blood's, my hands is clean. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel to you. You can hate me. I, growing up, that's my older sister over there. My mom used to always tell us, you can be mad at me. I've got to tell you about Jesus. You can hate me. That's my job. So I, that, that's been passed down to me. So I'm going to let you, I will, if I see something, not that I'm perfect, and call it out on me too. And so that's what a friend does. Real friends sharpen, it's a blade, right? A picture, the, imagine the imagery of iron sharpened eye, right? Sparks are flying or there's a point where you get dull. And so you need a friend that's going to sharpen you because you're no longer sharp. And God wants his believers to be sharp. He wants us to be intact. Every one of us needs a friend who will not flatter us but refine us. Be careful for yes men in your group who always tell you what you need to hear. You need someone to tell you, girl, that's not a good hairstyle for you. Amen. 
You might need a bigger size pen. You know what I'm saying? Like real friends. Hey, before you go inside the sanctuary, like you have something in your teeth, right? I can't. Are they really your friends if you go out to, like, I know some of y'all hang out at UTC Mall and you eating some food and broccoli in your teeth and they ain't say nothing to you all day? Is that a real friend? They're like, hey, bro, man, okay, good looking out. That's a real friend. That's the type of people you want in your life. And this is the stuff Proverbs expresses to us how to have godly friends. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy. See, the devil is always going to lie to you, tell you everything that you want to hear. Real friends will tell you what you need to hear, Right? Friends will tell you what you want to, uh, what you need to hear. The devil will tell you what you want to hear, right? Even wounds from a friend are a blessing from God, and we need to encourage each other. Right? Friends will hold you accountable. Hebrews ten twenty four says this: Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good work. We need to encourage each other, fam. We need to empower people. I see you, bro. I see you, sis. You're doing a good job. I see you walking faithfully with the Lord. I see you've been growing in the faith. That's amazing. Keep going. We all need encouragement. We all need these people in our lives. Maybe in your marriages, you, you feel alone. You're going through some stuff. You need godly people in your life. There's older saints that's walked through the stuff that you've been through. This is why we're an intergenerational church. People are lonely. Older people, I challenge you guys, look for someone that's younger than you and pray and ask the Holy Spirit, lead me to someone that I can impact their lives for the glory of God. Right? Be a Titus 2 woman. Older women pour into the women. Older men pour into the younger men. That's the church we want to be. That's what the Bible calls us to live our lives. Let's stir one another because people are being beaten down. They're lonely. They're being isolated. They're trying to live this life alone. There was a sister that I'm, I'm, uh, who goes to this church at the college lunch group. She says, man, surrounded by a whole bunch of college students, she says, I'm lonely. There's nobody that I'm doing life. I'm walking this by myself. It broke my heart because I know that's my testimony. I'm like, what? There's all these college students out here. What's popping off? You ain't connected to none of them? Shameless plug, college ministry, we, I'm just praying for direction. That's going to pop off soon. Back to the sermon. Anyways, we need, we need each other, right? We need sisters in Christ. Look for other people. Don't be, let's not be cliquish. Let's let click, clickish things die here. Let's be a church that accepts everyone. Don't always sit with your squad. I know that's how that's like. That's cool. Be intentional. Be prayerful. And say, God, lead me to someone in here that I can connect with, okay, for the glory of God, for the kingdom of God. People need a family. A real friend will provoke you. They will challenge you. You won't agree with everything your friend says, right? None of us are perfect. Only Jesus is. But you would want to listen to them. We need those type of people in our lives. You need to say, help me see myself. Help me to get sharp for God, for Christ, because we all have blind spots. Sin deceives us. It wants to destroy our lives, and we need people in our lives to encourage this, uh, encourage us. And again, you cannot become wise. You cannot be that type of friend or that friend for someone else unless you know Jesus Christ. And unless, if you don't have godly friends, they're not going to tell you. They operate from a different operating system. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit of God that's going to give you God's word to speak to your friend. If you don't know the Lord, your friends are going to tell you horrible things, right? Maybe if you're married and you're a Christian, you have non-Christian friends. Like, girl, you're going to let him direct you? We're trying to go to club. Let me do my, we don't need him. Don't listen to him. That's of the world, right? You need godly friends are going to be like, maybe you should talk to your husband and see what, you know, get it. You guys should agree on something. You need people like that in your life that's going to encourage you, right? Amen. Okay, um, and, and Jesus loves us in that. Um, Proverbs 9, 8 says, rebuke the wise and he will love you still. There's wisdom in, in receiving correction, okay? It's not a bad thing. It's not a hurtful thing. 
Sometimes it may, it may, may be hard in the moment, but it's a blessing from God. Correction. Point number three. I got one more and I'm done. There's no greater friend than Jesus. I actually got this. This is my last point. Sorry. I lied. There is no greater friend than Jesus. Amen. You can look all over the world. Hi, Jesus is the friend that you're looking for. Proverbs 18, 24. One with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. Again, John 15, 13. No one has greater love than this to lay, his down, lay down his life for his friends. I don't know about y'all. I'm, I'm so thankful that Jesus, that our God is someone like that. Every other religion tells you to do these things and do that. Christianity is the only religion that said it is done. Jesus, it is finished. You don't got to work for it. You don't have to earn for the salvation. And that the king of glory, the king of the universe wants to have a personal relationship with me. And not me, with every single person in this room. Jesus wants to have this relationship. You may have fake, uh, fake friends who may say they love you, but when times gets hard, they leave you. They may abandon you. Paul knows what that's like. Right When he stood in trial in front of the, the leaders of that time, he said, all have forsaken me, but Christ was, Jesus was with him. Right, Jesus was abandoned. David, right, he had his own family, Absalom, his son trying to kill him. He was hiding in a cave. He felt alone, right? This is not unique to just us believers today. People in the Bible been through that, right? You're depressed, you're lonely, you feel isolated. The Bible understands not only that Jesus Christ knows how you feel because when he took the cross, the father turned his back on him because in love he pursued the cross for us and he was separated from the father on our behalf. Friend, that's love. He laid down his life for us so that we can have a relationship and to be reconciled back to God first, right? It's, start, it's centered on Jesus, amen? That's, that's the, if you take away anything, just take away friendship. It's centered on Jesus Christ, that's it. It's centered on him, and so from that, he invites us to have this relationship. We have a friend that will stick closer to a brother. Jesus knows all your darkest secrets. Some of y'all are married in here, and the spouse next to you does not know some deep things about you. Jesus knows it. <laughs> he knows all of it, ain't nothing hidden from him. Hebrews tells us that everything is exposed before God. There's nowhere that you can run, nowhere that you can hide, even your thoughts. How do I know the Pharisees will grumble and complain? And Jesus will be like, bro, let me tell you about this. Boom, he knew their thoughts. That's the God that we serve. And if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit of God is in you and God knows these thoughts. Jesus sees all of it, right? And some of us, we're only 95% friends with people. They know that's a high number, right? I'm not a mathematician, but that's an A, I believe. Right? Is it still an A? Okay. It's not enough. My favorite pastor says it's not enough to be 99.999999% known. We need to be fully exposed. Here's just a, a wonderful news. In just case you didn't know, look to the person to your left and look at the person to the right behind you, in front of you. We're all sinful. <laughs> There's no one that's perfect in here. We're all messed up. We all need the blood of Jesus. And so you can come, right? This is a safe place. We want to create that for you where you can come and be fully surrendered to the Lord first and to other brothers and sisters. Doesn't mean you get on the mic and, you know, tweet your life away, but you can get some brothers and sisters in your life, particularly men with men, women with women, and just be like, hey, bro, I'm going through it. Like, I need you. This is some things in my life. And they can pray for you, right? And I encourage you, if you need someone, come here. We have leaders and elders that's going to pray for you. Come get prayed for. Come allow the, uh, the healing. The Bible says that the, right, the prayer of a righteous man has healing. There's power in healing, right? There's friendship that God wants to do. Again, Jesus is the greatest friend that we can have. These Proverbs are explained to us. Real friends are not found in uh, quantity but in quality, 
and no one offers us higher quality friendship than Jesus. Amen. Thank you. And so that's what I want to say. My little homie, my nephew, Ezra, all my youth over there, you're going to have friends that tell you that they love you. They're going to try to lead you or direct you in the wrong way. You need to have your faith in Jesus Christ. Some of y'all not even looking at me, but I'm going to speak in faith because I know God is, God is going to do it. God will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. He will surround you with the right people. Amen. And so we pray, pray for these kids, please. Pray. I'm praying night that we we're going to war. My mama back my mama back home is praying for them. I pray for the youth, not just everybody. We all need people. People are messed up, people are broken, but Jesus is the redeemer. Jesus is still the healer. The blood still works in 2023. I don't know if you believe that. And God wants to restore your view on friendship. Hopefully, God gave you guys at least one thing, okay? I'm gonna call the band band up. I think I'm gonna pray to close it out. And so was that was that encouraging to anybody? Amen. So, yeah, just one challenge again, older people, younger people even, just go out, talk to someone after. I know we're, when church is over, we're in a rush. I, I love food, too. Food is my love language. I ain't going to lie. I'm not going to cap on that. I love food. Um, but I just don't, don't leave. While we're worshiping songs to God, pray. Just go up to someone and be like, hey, my, no, my name is so-and-so. What, what do you, it just, not even just surface level. What do you do for work? Cool. I did what the pastor said. I'm out of here. Like, just pray. Let God lead you. Don't orchestrate something. Don't try to make it up. Let God do his thing. So let me just uh, pray, and I think um, yeah, Randall will come up, and we'll go to our time of communion. So, dear Holy Father, thank you for this time. God, thank you for your word that, that gives us guidance on how we're supposed to live our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for Jesus, Lord, the greatest example of what friend a godly friend is. The Bible said that we all fall short of the glory of God. We all deserve death because of our, our sin, God. No one is righteous. No, not one. Only you are good, Lord. But you loved us in enough, God, to come in the person of Jesus Christ, to add human nature to your deity, to come on earth, Lord, to live the perfect life that we cannot live and die the death that we cannot die so that we can be reconciled, God. First, before we try to Find friends, Lord. We need to find you, Lord. We need to be found by, by you, Lord. You want a relationship with us. And so I pray if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you, does not have a relationship with you, Lord Jesus, that you begin to draw them to you, Lord. That you would speak to their hearts. Maybe some people have been coming here and trying to see what this is about, Lord, that you would speak to them in Jesus' name, God, and that they would put their trust in you, Lord, that they would come talk to a, a pastor or leader to God to get prayed for. Thank you for the wisdom, Lord, and thank you of the gift of friendship, Lord. Maybe we don't see that as a gift. God, friends are a blessing from above, Lord. When we are struggling, when we cannot believe for ourselves, God, some of us may be like that father with his son, say, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus, you are worthy of all glory and honor, God. Thank you that you can sympathize with us. You know what it's like, God, to be alone. But thank you through your death. You have given us the church, Lord, that we can find brothers and sisters to grow. And I pray that people, before they try to go and look for friends outside of this church, that they would look here to see by your sovereign plan 
in your providential grace that you have placed men and women here uniquely with gifts and talents, God, for a specific time as this, and that we would draw them together, God, that godly friendships now will begin to take place in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. In your wonderful name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.